Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be your dog till I die. Yeah. Between the hedges, look at fly. fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'ma do my dance, make it look fine. fine. Coach, put me in the game. Dang. UGA, yeah, the name. Dang. Yeah, the offense gon' turn up, but the defense gon' win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. I'm Corey Burton. Joining me, as always, is my bearded co-host, Israel Troop. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Finally enjoying some some sun. We've been monsooning down here, and uh, sun's finally out. Uh, also, the pollen. So if you hear some sniffles, uh, between me and Corey, there, there's nothing wrong. We're not sick or anything. You know, just his pollen level is off the chain right now. Yeah, it's been it's been near 70 all week. So we went from like 15 degrees to 50s and 60s, like in a snap of a finger. So that's probably why I got my sniffles. But I think I'm just allergic to everything, too. So that doesn't help either. Yeah, the pollen count down here is ridiculous, but I would rather have that going on in the alternative because it's it was so so I had I had I haven't even had a chance to mow my grass so I'm just glad that it's finally sunny and 75 down here. I'm just jealous you got to mow your grass. Um so yeah I'm gonna take a picture of this patch of ice that is still in my driveway. It is the most resilient patch of ice I've ever seen in my life. I'm gonna send it to my team and say if you guys are as resilient as this patch of ice we will win the state championship. Man, How about that? that? That's some resi- that's some resilient ice right there now. Yeah, and it's like still thick, and like you, st- and you know how sometimes when like ice is well, you probably don't know because you live in South Georgia and it's a million degrees all year round. But you know sometimes like when it looks like it's solid, and you step mm-hmm. on it, and it kind of just like really it just buckles under the slightest pressure, and then gets real mushy. Yeah, yeah, this ice is not like that. Like I about <laughs> I about busted my ass. Oh, uh, you was about to be on that patch of ice highlight tape. Yep. It, it almost got me, but I, I recovered. <laughs> athlete. That's right. Hashtag athlete. Yeah, I was doing uh, – we, we finally got cleared for workout, so we've had uh, – we had a workout number two today, and uh, I did some ladder drills. Uh, I still got it, Israel. I still got it. Get it going. Yeah, I did the icky shuffle, and the kids were like, <laughs> what? I didn't know you had this in you. Yeah. Yeah, welcome to 2021, baby. Showing y'all all new things. 37, I still got it, guys. I still got it. Yeah. Yes, sir. So I was I was excited about that. What also I'm excited about is uh the fact that you can find us on Twitter at Believe in Dogs on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh even LinkedIn, really. You can find Israel at Troopstar28 on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Coach Burton36 on Twitter at Burton.Corey on Instagram. Also, I'm excited that we're brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Football might be over. Well, FCS football is still in. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, and the only place you should be betting on these sports is BetOnline.ag. I did an NBA parlay. I was two games away from winning $250. 
And it, and they were money line bets too, which means if you pick a money line, you're just basically picking the winner. You don't you don't worry about mm-hmm. the spread. And I I lost the Knicks of all teams, like the the piss poor New York Knicks destroyed my parlay. Oh man, see that's the thing about basketball is so unpredictable. Um, like Dan said the other week, like you could go out and team can win, you know, 150 and then the next week they'll get beat 150, you know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. that's why I don't like basketball like that because it is so unpredictable. Yeah, um, I think it's rigged personally. Because there's no I, way I you go out and destroy a basketball team like a week before and then the very next week, you know, you get destroyed by yourself. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that doesn't make sense to me. It, yeah, it's something something's fishy. It's and if it's rigged, just come out and tell us because we all like the WWE and we all know that shit's scripted. So let let's just let's just call it what it is. Yeah, I found out the hard way about the WWE. The we I all felt did. bad about this one. I I stone coast stunned my sister and it was bad. Oh no! Oh boy! It oh, it, it no. got it got ugly. But she got up there. She, yeah, she was a champ. She got up, but. I didn't. I didn't realize that they really don't put their head on the on the shoulder. Yeah. Like when he does it, it just kind of looks like they do. And I, I'm talking about. I went full down. Like, come and get you some. <laughs> and oh, stone needless culture. to say, oh, my mom was not happy about that. I bet. I bet not. I mean, we've <clears throat> all we've all tried to go from the top rope. We've all tried. Mine was the diamond cutter. I, I did a di- I, I, oh. I would go and diamond cut people. Uh, the the Goldberg spear, uh, you know the stinger splash, the figure four, all that stuff, the lion tamer, all those moves. We we would try those moves on each other all the time, and we realized, wait a second, this hurts. <laughs> this this is not good. They usually get right back up. What happened? Yeah, no, it's like wow, my legs, my legs should not bend that way. It's crazy. Exactly. So yeah, we uh yeah, WWE. So anyway, you can actually probably bet on the WWE as well as uh award shows, be- uh, TV shows and reality TV shows because Bet Online covers all of that. Bet Online has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine and of course the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Israel, I said football was over. I lied. It's not. Did you watch any of the FCS games? No, I wasn't able to. Um, I had a golf tournament Saturday, um, so I hadn't been able to catch one yet. I've been trying to look them up, but um, I don't know which stations have had them, but I'm definitely going to find them. ESPN Plus. Yes, there are some dang good FCS schools that are playing right now, Uh and I'm just glad that they're being able to play. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any one particular team that you follow, or you just kind of um, enjoy it? I I just enjoy it. I know. I think Kennesaw State played tonight, um, if I'm not mistaken, oh, or it might have been yesterday. Realize, but yeah, I didn't even realize that. Um, they um they they're excited about it, and um, I'm excited for them because you know obviously we got to play our season, and a lot of colleges elsewhere did. So I'm just glad that those guys are also getting to play um, their season because they've been waiting for this moment as well. Yeah, I'll tell you what's interesting is some of the best football in, in our state of Tennessee is all of the FCS schools around here and and uh, that play in the Ohio Valley Conference, the OVC. 
Uh, Tennessee Tech knocked off a uh, OVC favorite Austin P on Sunday. That was mm-hmm. that was interesting. Like Tennessee Tech was like exactly middle of the road. They were five hundred, uh, middle of the pack. You know, middle to bottom of the pack in the OVC. Just a team that had been awful for the last few years. They hire a new head coach. They go six and six in his first season last year, and they start this season. They start this weird spring season knocking off Austin P, who has a head coach that is almost a decade younger than me, which is blows my mind. I saw that. Um, my, my One of my golfers is signed with Austin P, and um, I think they're doing a good job. Uh, coach Silvoy is there. Um, you know, he, he's a he's a, a great guy and a great recruiter as well. So um, I think they'll bounce back. And, I mean, like I said, football is not over yet, ladies and gentlemen. It's still around. And I, I'm I'm here for this spring football if they want to do it uh, permanently. But, yeah, I mean, Austin P. as long as they don't turn the ball over four times and have 13 catastrophic penalties, I think they'll be fine. Uh, Tennessee Tech, they still held Tennessee Tech to well under 200 yards of total offense. Uh, they had, I think, a, a, a school record of seven sacks in the game. Uh, they forced two turnovers themselves. I mean, the, the defense played lights out. But mm-hmm. – Obviously, when your offense, when one of your scoring drives that you give up is 12 yards, it's not good. Yeah. Not good at all. Yeah. It's not very far for the, for them to have to go, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, some other teams that are interesting to me, uh, you know, me being, I kind of dabble in air raid philosophy. So, uh, I, I do enjoy watching teams like Samford. Um, and I do uh, enjoy some good option football. Uh, so I, I like to I like to watch Furman and Wofford. Uh, I I, I kind of got into that North Dakota Southern Illinois game too. I mean I was just kind of mm-hmm. flipping around on Saturday and there was a, there was a lot of interesting interesting contest on there. Man, that's awesome! I'm like I said, I'm glad those guys are playing, man. And and for everybody out there who thought football was over, it's not. So tune in, grab some, grab ESPN Plus, and, and watch these guys play. Because like I said, these guys have been working hard just like everybody else. So. Um, they're getting their chance to shine. So everybody tune in and, and get your football on. Cause also I know baseball season coming up too, but football stealing it. Football season is still in effect. Yeah. There's a lot of great teams out there. So go support these FCS programs. Those, those guys work extremely hard, but Israel, we've got a lot of, a lot of stuff on the docket for, uh, for UGA. Uh, we got the, uh, the basketball team. They've got some things going on. Uh, we've got uh, women's basketball. They've got some great things going. Baseball. They won their first series against Evansville. They they had a tough one Friday night, but they uh, they ended up winning the next three. Swimming and diving placed third overall at the SEC Women's Swimming and Diving Championship. So, uh, mm-hmm. your your guy Josh Brooks is very active on the Twitter. Uh, updating the world on on the happenings of Georgia athletics. So, congratulations to the women's swimming and diving team. They they finished third um, in uh, third overall in the SEC tournament. So, uh, want to talk about the women's basketball team? They completed a season sweep of the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, I, I don't know when any team could say that, uh, much less Georgia. So yeah, they they completed the sweep there. Gabby Connolly had 24 points. They held on for a 57 to 55 win. Uh, Georgia is now 17 and four 
on the season, nine and four in SEC play. Um, it's just one of those accomplishments that, I mean, we could be we could be two and seventeen. It doesn't matter what the record is. Anytime you can sweep a historic, historically good program like Tennessee is incredible. Oh yes, and you know um, Pat Summit, who's one of the best women's coaches that, I, that I've ever seen, you know, had that team rolling and they were always tough to beat. And, you know, me being, you know, a Georgia alum now, you know, you always want to beat Tennessee. And when, when those games will happen and, and whether it was basketball or or um, the, the Lady Bulldogs playing as well, you know, we always want those games. It was always cool um, to see um, Tennessee come out and how they played and for Georgia to do something that not many teams have have ever has ever done you know it's a big accomplishment to them and, and congratulations ladies on on a, a phenomenal season so far and can't wait to see um how much further they can go yeah they're uh they're they're playing for for seeding right now in the ncaa tournament so uh it'd be interesting to see when 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 that rolls around where they're seated and, and what that looks like so uh congrats to uh to the lady dogs on that uh also uh the men's team Turned in quite a quite a performance against LSU, winning ninety one to seventy eight, and Samir Wheeler getting the first ever triple double in school history. So one hundred and sixteen seasons of Georgia basketball, not one person has has made a triple double, except Severe Wheeler. He had fourteen points, eleven rebounds, thirteen assists. Uh, yes, 37 minutes of play and uh he was absolutely incredible this team was absolutely incredible you had uh Kamara in at 22 points he was the leading scorer you had Fagan with 18 points you had uh you had Katie Johnson with 21 points so you had you had four guys in double digits as far as points go you had two double digit rebounders and uh, I'm trying to see if there's any double-digit stats from any other categories. There was not, but you had uh, the, the you had some guys on the defensive boards. Almost uh, you had some really good production on the defensive boards. 31 total defensive rebounds, uh, 16 total offensive rebounds for a total of 47. You had um, it, it was it was absolutely incredible. You had as a team 18 of 28 from the free throw line. Uh, so much better night there. They were just creating good shots, moving the ball, uh, playing good defense. They just played an all-around great game against LSU, and I'm I'm thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. Oh yeah! Before I had to go go and put my little man to bed, we were sitting here watching it, and just they came out of that in that game and and expected to win. You know, they had a little had a different swagger about them. You know, as they hit the court, you know, since the game started. And, Watching that game, the way they played defense, you know, the way they attacked the boards, um, had a lot of uh, fast break points, you know, uh, and good transition, ball movement, things like that. It came out and they looked like a complete basketball team. They came out, like I said, with a different swag to them. They they just knew it. there was a different type of energy that they just knew that they were going to win that basketball game, you know, and and I, I was I was glad to see it. You know, that was something that we hadn't really seen you know, all year except for uh, Kentucky. Um, and they came out, you know, with that fire, with the swag, and, and they came out and put on the show for the hometown fans. And, you know, my man, Coach uh, Josh Brooks, is tweeting out excited and everything like that. So, I mean, you can tell that 
the the momentum starting to swing with uh, the men's basketball team, and, and I'm all here for it. And congratulations, guys, and let's keep it going. Absolutely. I mean, the basketball programs, both of them are starting to kind of hit their stride. This uh, the, the men's team is starting to kind of like finally kind of figure itself out, figure each other out. And, you know, I, I guess you could attribute a lot of that to COVID and not being able to train uh, the way they normally would and, and build that chemistry preseason and, and, and some of these like pre uh, pre New Year's games where you're playing teams like uh, Northeast Louisiana technical institute for the deaf uh you're you're playing you know and 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 fine-tuning all of the stuff that you need to fine-tune so uh that's you know that's one of those games where you just feel good about everything you you know the you, you can't seem to miss you're you're getting like i said you're you're getting to the rim with high efficiency you're you're taking great shots your shot selection is is the best it's ever been uh since the season started and uh like I said, with this team, it's it's feast or famine. And on Tuesday night, they they feasted, and hopefully on mm-hmm. uh, Saturday, they'll continue to feast as they host uh, as the men's team will host South Carolina. That'll be a one p.m. tip. Uh, it will not be the final game of the regular season. Uh, they did they they were able to manage getting a, getting an additional game scheduled. They were supposed to play Texas A and M. Texas A and M backed out, postponed due to Florida. I mean, due to COVID issues, not Florida, but due to COVID issues. Um, And I think A&M had to reschedule something with Florida, which knocked them out of playing us and manipulated the schedule. But the SEC announced that uh, Georgia will now, they now get the privilege of hosting number six, Alabama, on March 6th, just four days before the start of the tournament. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be a this will be a nice little two game stretch here uh, for for the dogs, but you know we're playing better, so hopefully that'll the the result might be might be a little bit better. So um, I I'm, I'm liking the direction of this program. Uh, Tom Crean is you know he, he he's fit, he's like I said he's starting to come together, starting to click, and I think not panicking on this team and not saying, okay, Tom Crean is not our guy. Tom Crean is not our guy. And, and immediately just holding on to that thought. I think Josh Brooks has given him a chance to work himself out of this and he's doing just that. And he learned yeah, that from I, Greg McGarity. Greg McGarity showed restraint with Scott Strickland. So mm-hmm. do you think that's playing a role in, in, in how Josh Brooks is viewing this basketball program? I think so too. I think uh, with Josh, I think um, he had a chance to, be around, you know, Coach Crane a little bit more than uh, Mr. McGarity did. And um, so I think he kind of knows a little bit more, knows the plan and direction that he's trying to go in. Um, and now, like I, like I, we've said at the beginning of the show and basketball season started, you're starting to see them get better and better each week. And I think that that's, the, that's what you want, you know. Uh, Kirby Smart says all the time, I'm looking for results. And I think right now we're getting – we're getting results, you know, it's not right now immediate, you know, but you're starting to see us get better and better each game. So um, as long as we're doing that and, you know, we get a couple guys here and there, I think Georgia basketball is going to be really good. Um, I think that the leadership right now is great. I did. I panicked a little bit at the beginning, but, you know, I just said, you know, just let us ride the wave and let's see what happens. And right now, I mean, we're playing really good basketball. That LSU game just showed, you know, how good that we could be, you know, and without COVID, who knows how good we could be, who knows how that chemistry would be on the basketball court. So 
Um, I think uh, Josh is just kind of sitting back and seeing the whole body of work, not just one thing. You know what I mean? Like most fans look at just one aspect of the game, wins and losses. I think like as we do and as we've been saying on the show, looking at the whole body of the whole thing, are we getting better and better each week? Are we developing player? And I think that decision is going to be made by Josh. And I think right now Coach Crane has got to do that. Absolutely, and and he's got a great plan. He's got some things going, so I, I look to I look forward to seeing what this team can do in the SEC tournament. I think this is a team that if it gets hot, which it seems like they're getting hot at the right time, maybe they can make a run. Maybe not. There's some teams that are up and down. Uh, it's a weird year, so you never know what happens. If you continue to take smart shots, if you if you continue to improve rebounding and you continue to improve on the free throw line and creating good shots for yourself. You never know where you, where this thing might end up. This, this thing could be a 08 miracle run type team where no one expected that 08 team to do anything. And they ended mm-hmm. up winning the whole tournament. And exactly. I had the funny story about that. I had just moved up to Nashville. I was probably up in Nashville for, for, like two weeks, maybe tops. And so we were covering that tournament and I remember the whole tornado stuff happening. I remember all of that. I remember staying up till like, I remember working till like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning because of all that tornado coverage and everything that we had to do. And it was insane. But uh, yeah, that team, I've, I had, I've never seen a team just come together and, take such a weird circumstance and take advantage of it. And I, I can see this this Georgia team starting to do that. So it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch this team. It'll be it's it's been fun to watch them grow. And I hope this program continues that momentum on into next year. I'm hoping it's not you know, some teams, Israel, are like they, they have a great season. They follow up with a stinker because they just can't really they're having to repeat trying to get to know each other year in and year out. Well, with this, and and I think teams like Kentucky go through that, which a lot of times they're talented enough to where they can overcome a lot of that stuff. But you know, there's some teams that just can't seem to consistently put some things together. That's unfortunately that's been plaguing Georgia for quite some time. Is having a good year followed by a bad year, followed by a couple bad years, and then another decent year, and then they can't seem to kind of get on an even keel. Maybe now you're starting to see, okay, some of these transfer guys. They're on an even keel. Now we can start bringing in some guys underneath them and kind of start mm-hmm. developing that pipeline of okay, we got some some good some good guys in, in the in the in the mix and a good mix of lottery guys and role players and guys that'll keep the program going so that when these lottery guys come in, like the Anthony Edwards, when they come in, the superstars, they come into a to a great group of role players, and then we form a cohesive unit. That's the kind of the formula I feel like you got to have for basketball. Exactly. And and we're not Kentucky, you know what I mean? We're not getting four and five star basketball players every year. So like you said, we need a couple of those Juco guys come in, older guys that, that's played the game, you know, that kind of understand how it works. And we definitely need to start recruiting and getting some younger guys in there to kind of learn and, and build the program to where we'd start to become the Kentuckys you know, and the Dukes and those things like that. Because right now we're not even close to sniffing on that level, you know. So right now it's all about, you know, 
building. Everything you do is about building. We can't get rid of one, and then all of a sudden we got another on the bench that's going to replace them. No, we got if we get rid of one, we're developing another one right now. So we have to continuously keep keep it rolling, uh, continuously to develop players. And I think after that, I mean, I mean, the sky's the limit for this basketball team. I th- I don't think that there's a ceiling on this basketball team. I think they can go as high as high can go just because nobody expects them to. No, nobody yeah, expects nobody, them to, no, and they've got a great Nobody's expecting area. us to be – exactly. Nobody's expecting us to be competitive at all no. because you got Alabama now, then you got Kentucky, and you know even Georgia Tech, who we got to compete with too. You know, mm-hmm. um, So there's some great basketball in Atlanta. So I think if we can tap in like like uh, the football team does, keep a lot of those guys uh, in in – in the state and get them at Georgia, I think we're going to be just that much close to being exactly where we want to be and being competitive year in and year out, you know, right on the same level um, as the women's basketball team. Yeah, no doubt. And and just, just need to get to where we're making the tournament every other season. I think that's a good short-term goal. And then, you know, eventually roll it into, okay, we're a lock for the tournament it's just a matter of what seed, and then now, mm-hmm. okay, we're perennial SEC championship contenders, where we're constantly getting into the the late rounds of the conference tournament, and we're where we make a run every now and again in the NCAA, where we go Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight. You know, kind of like there was like a three four year run that Tennessee had, where they were kind of like that. Uh, they've since kind of fallen back down to earth a little bit, but uh, Tennessee was like that for a few. Uh, for a few seasons, Auburn is is a team that's right on the cusp of doing that. Uh, Florida was when they won their back to back national championships, and they would make constant deep runs in the playoff or in the playoffs in the NCAA tournament uh, before and after those championships. Uh, they mm-hmm. they had a really good run for a team that seemingly came out of nowhere with Billy Donovan. They kind of followed that. Okay, we're going to get a few surefire NBA guys, surround them with some role players. And the next thing you know, their whole starting five played in the NBA because they they just got better. And Billy Donovan became an NBA coach. He got his recognition, things like that. So uh, maybe Georgia can follow that formula. I don't know. Exactly. It's just getting better and better each week. And right now, just from what I've seen, the body of work that's been going on, I mean, they're doing that. And, you know, I'll, I'll never – I never – knock down a coach if you know if he's trying you know if we're if we're looking out there and it just looks like they're just dragging you know i think that's when it's time to make the change but right now i mean they're, they're rolling i mean just from watching that lsu game um it just shows that all right they're, they're starting to figure it out and you know hopefully you know we finish out the season well you know whatever happens in that and covid kind of settles down and those guys are able to be together and you know and and start you know being together, you know, playing video, hanging out, you know, like normal. And then, you know, you start to build that bond and then the sky's the limit after that. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I'm excited. And I know the Georgia fan base is excited to finally get some good basketball. And and even after those two back-to-back 30-point blowouts, that was kind of, I guess, rock bottom for this program. And they, they had some soul searching to do and they, they found it. Mm-hmm. So, um just want to give a shout out to the men's basketball program. I also want to give a shout out to our newest sponsor, eBay. That's right, eBay. So I want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe that you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop that pair of 
you've been, uh, that you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each speaker, each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with the verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers that are $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So if you're a sneakerhead, that's great news. Um, I know I tweeted out one of my favorite pair of Jordans that I saw. If I had $225 to throw at them, I probably would get them. I love those Jordans, and apparently – I don't remember this, but apparently one of my best friends growing up, I I uh, I did the old hand me down to him, and, and he got them for me. So there you go. Uh, they were the Jordan Fours. I th- I think they're the the sp- something like the Spider or something, the Spider Web, the Spider whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. they were awesome. They were so comfortable. They were, they were my favorite pair. Uh, and then the patent leather ones were also my favorites. I love those. What what uh, do you have a particular sneaker that you like? I don't. I um. I like Jordan. I like the way they look, but I'm just not a, a sneakerhead like a Jordan guy. Yeah. You know, I'm more of a, a Nike guy. So if I get a nice pair of Nikes, I'm I, well, I'm in the Air Maxes right now. So yeah. I'm a big Air Max fan right now, but I'm ne- I've never been one of the, I have to get this pair of Jordans when they come out. I used to be that way. I'm not quite that way anymore. But um, yeah, I, I just, you give me a good pair of light, comfortable Nike running shoes, I'm 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 good. I'm good. So, but uh, go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. So there's a lot of good stuff on there. Um, if you're, if you're looking, so, uh, be on the lookout for me too. There might be some polo shirts that hit the market. Who knows? <laughs> um, coming soon. If you're listening, uh, find, find it on, uh, find it on eBay, buy it from me. I promise I won't price gouge you. I mean, what? Uh, ninety dollars for a for a used polo shirt. That, that's that's pretty reasonable, right? Yeah, yeah, just not. <laughs> it's not. So if you're uh, if you're a double X or, or an XL, then uh, come see me. Anyway, uh, want to talk about some baseball? Let's talk about Let's some baseball. It. Let's get it. So uh, Friday night was disappointing uh, a little bit, Georgia, but Georgia won. Uh, the final three games of its series against Evansville, they're 3-1 and one on this young season. They won both Saturday games, including a 6-5 to five contest, thanks to a walk-off single by Riley King, who we talked about in our last episode. On Sunday, the pitching staff yielded just one hit compared to 10 walks as the Bulldogs came away with a 4-1 to one victory, so they were able to... Uh, they were able to salvage those 10 walks, uh, not not have any disaster. So uh, freshman Hank Bearden got the win on Sunday. Over the course of a four-game series, he was one of 18 freshman pitchers used throughout the course of the weekend. So um, it is, uh, you know, they've had some guys out. They've had some injuries and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So when, when you play a series like Evansville and, and you lose a game, you know, the common fan that doesn't know that college baseball is probably the sport that has the highest parity because of there's like 127,000 rounds in the MLB draft. So a lot of the top players end up in major league baseball and end up in the minor leagues. So college baseball is kind of that weird sport where 
teams like Evansville can beat SEC opponents and teams like Cal mm-hmm. State Fullerton, who probably has like three other sports total, can make runs in the College World Series. So like what like when you're scouting teams like that, when you're playing against teams like that, is it easy to get caught up in the in the name like, man, this is Evansville. We should go out and, and, and sweep for nothing? Or is it just you just take it as it comes? You know, how, how do you how do you how do you manage games like this? I think you just you prepare for each game, you know, like like you would, you know, if you're playing uh, an SEC opponent. You know, one one thing about baseball, you can't count anybody out of baseball because I mean, one day as, as we saw, you know, you could have just one of those days you can't throw strikes or your, your team's just not hitting well and you lose, you know, and that's just baseball gods just being baseball gods, you know, it's not. It's not like the NBA where, you know, you're just going up and down the court and hitting shots and stuff. So, I mean, baseball is just one of those sports to where if you're off that day, like you're like everything's off, you know. So um, to go out and, you know, lose a game to them, you know, they're, they're really they're a really good baseball team, you know. And it might not seem that way because you haven't heard of just because you haven't heard of a, of a team in baseball does not mean that they're not good. What tends to happen is those guys who are drafted in high school, you know, they generally don't go to the, the big colleges like Georgia and stuff like that. They go to schools like Evansville. Why? Because they work on what they need to work on. You end up playing them, and they get drafted the very next year. You know, how many times have you looked at the MLB draft and was like, what in the heck school is that? You know, and the guys go, he's pumping out 95, you know, with an 80-mile-an-hour deuce, you know, just, you know, things like that. So, you know, everybody with baseball, everybody calm down. You know, baseball is is a finicky sport. Anybody who's ever played baseball will tell you that. You know, there's been plenty of series where, all right, it's a sweep and, you know, that it goes down to the rubber match. So um, I think this weekend showing was good, you know, and, and it also shows, you know, where your deficiencies are. You know, I think you said 18 pitches were used this weekend. That's great. You want to know why? Because it shows you what they can and can't do. Can they perform under pressure? Can they throw strike? Um, you know, things like that. So, I mean, it's the first series of the season, guys. It's it's okay. Yeah, no big deal. So this weekend, a um, couple, couple good things happening. Ryan Webb is set to return. Uh, Georgia hosts Gardner Webb. And because of the forecast on Friday, I know you're excited. There's more rain coming. Uh, <laughs> they will now play a Saturday doubleheader starting at noon. Fans that had a ticket to Friday night's game can use that uh, for, for the first game of the doubleheader on Saturday. Uh, they will be asked to clear Foley Field after the first game so the fil- facility can be sanitized. So if someone comes up and taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, we're, we need to sanitize this place, can you uh, can you vacate? Don't be don't be that Karen and, and and push back. Just 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 do the right thing. Um, exactly. So Saturday's doubleheader will now feature two nine inning games. The second game will not start before four thirty. Fans with a ticket to Saturday's game may use that for the second game of the doubleheader as well. Uh, Saturday games will be nine innings. Uh, fan must have a ticket to each game in which they plan on attending. So you got to have two tickets. So you're going to go out and you got to have a ticket to come back in. Obviously Ryan Webb back on the mound. That's huge. Uh, he's a senior lefty. We both are extremely bullish on him. He's uh, he's going to give uh starting rotation, a shot of experience when he returns to the mound. That's, that's the quote that, uh, that our guy Dasher uh, 
uh, <laughs> UJ Sports used. Uh, My man. Yep, exactly. He, uh, Webb will pitch the first game of Saturday's doubleheader. Um, Webb is 4-5 and five with a 3.77 ERA, which if you have an ERA under 10 in college baseball, that's amazing because with the metal bats, it, college baseball is a freaking launching pad. Uh, it's basically oh, home run dirty. Those, those bats ain't worth a dang now. You know the bats that we used to play with, you know, was like hitting a tennis ball. Yeah. You know, it was like ping, ping, ping. Now it's like, you know, you know just, it doesn't really go very far. That's true. They, then they call it gorilla ball. Uh, it wasn't LSU gorilla ball where they just mash it. Yeah. That's what I, I was like, good Lord, man. Yeah, the, the high pitch ping where, like, it, the slightest little swing, you could, you could, I mean, you could easily take it 500 feet. I mean, people oh, were easy. Like, I guess back when you were playing and before that, people were bombing them into the tennis center, weren't they? Yes, like those were – I remember when the Eastern Connections first came out, the composite ones, when they first came out. And, you know, we're playing that. That was when uh, Coach uh, Coach Perno and Coach Elder and all of them were there. And, um, you know, I got, I got to use that one. And, you know, I hit one to the tennis courts, you know, with that. Now, I mean, it's barely getting over the fence unless you really catch one. So, uh, But at the same time, the bats we use were kind of dangerous too. Imagine playing third base and somebody – smoking one now oh, in God. the corner yeah you know <laughs> so it wasn't really enough time to get away from those balls back then no there wasn't and luckily i i, I would have been an outfielder so i wouldn't have i would have played in right field so <laughs> I, I would have had plenty of time uh, to see one if they hit one towards me but i remember when i was playing you i was like i think i was 13 years old and uh you know the reflex, the Eastern Reflex C cores that just mm-hmm. came out. The the carbon core mm-hmm. uh, composite bats had just come out, and those were like all the rage. And and TPX had not yet had a uh, had an answer for it. it usually, it's like Easton has has a bat, and the TPX comes out with one, and then Easton one ups them, and then TPX one ups them, so on and so forth. So Easton had just made their reflex gold and reflex c core i don't know if you ever had those bats or if you're a TP, tpx guy but um i i made i remember making the switch from tpx to the easton bat because i, I made the switch to easton uh the the reflex gold because i mean i was just mashing with that bat but mm-hmm. i was i was pitching this one particular day we were i played on a travel team when i was 13 14 and uh i was pitching and this kid I swear there was a there was a, a pavilion in center field, and the pavilion sat probably like if you hit if you hit the ball into the pavilion, it would have meant you had to hit you would have had to hit a three hundred fifty foot shot to dead center to hit it over the pavilion. That was probably another one hundred and fifty feet, not only out but up. So this kid, I I must have probably I must have thrown the meatiest pitch I've ever thrown in my entire life. <laughs> Because this kid smoked it, and it went about 450 feet. And it was one of those, as soon as I heard it, I, I just ducked my head, and I knew it was gone. I, you, you know that sound. You just know it's gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, I was on the I was on the wrong end of that one. Um, I've been on the right end of, of, of a few of those where as soon as you hit it, you just know, and you just, you just start that strut. Did you ever strut when you hit a home run or – I, I did a lot of mean things to people when when I hit home runs. You a bat um, flipper? I'll tell you one. 
No, I, I was a stare downer. Um, if the dugout, we we had some huge rivalries when I was in school. So, um, you know, if the one dugout was talking trash and I hit a bomb, you know, I kind of stare in the dugout, and smile, and flip the bat at him. Um, you know, and things like that. And and to piggyback off, he said Buster Posey, you know, was a senior when I was a freshman. I'm yeah. at Tiff County. He was he went to Lee County. We're all in the same region. And he to this day, he has still hit the farthest high school home run I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. I mean, he hit it. I'm pretty sure it's in orbit right now still. Um <laughs> yeah. He hit it and nobody on the field moved. Like the only person that moved was the pitcher because he was watching it was like whiplash. He just saw it go over his head, but everybody just kind of watched it go in slow motion. Yeah. And like, I was like, no, this kid reacting. is a no, there, there's no point in even turning around and pretending to even go chase this ball. Right. He got he got all of it. And that's what makes baseball fun. Uh, I think it's great now because, I mean, it's still kind of that that chattiness and, yeah. you know, competitiveness that, you know, we had when we were growing up. And um, the only difference now is that there's social media. Yeah. Um, so Snapchat and all that stuff is, you know, boring. But um, and to me. But, uh, you know, it's great. It's great to see that everybody's starting to play. And, you know, um, and I, if I if I can say anything, take advantage of it. You know, um, if you're at practice and you think it's sucking, you know, just imagine last year you didn't even get to play during this time um, coming up. So um, just enjoy the moment. Um, I'm glad everybody's getting to play and I hope yep. they can finish out the season. I think Georgia's got a, a really good baseball team this year. Um, and I can't wait to see him. Um, these next couple of games leading up to uh, the first conference game coming up. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, one of the people that's off to a surprisingly fast start is uh, freshman catcher Fernando Gonzalez. He is uh, he is a uh, native of Panama, uh, moved to Florida, where he lived with a host family before coming to Marietta. Then he signed with Georgia and came last August. So he he's uh, in the first five games – uh, or starting four of Georgia's first five games, uh, he's he's, I mean, he's proven himself. He's uh, he's hitting. Uh, he comes into the series batting four twenty nine, with six hits in his first fourteen at bats. I mean, the kid's mashing the ball. Um, he's he's calling good games behind the plate. He's managing. You know, I, I think it takes a good catcher to manage a pitching staff. And when you have 18 different pitchers throughout the course of a four-game series, that's a lot of pitchers to manage, and that's a lot of things to, okay, this pitcher likes this or this, or he likes throwing his slider to this spot. He likes he likes his fastballs up and in. You know, He, he wants to attack this batter this way. Well, this pitcher wants to attack this batter, uh, the same batter, a different way. You know, things like that that a catcher has to manage. And I don't know how much of it at the college level, Israel, maybe you can tell me a little bit more, but I don't know how much at the college level does the catcher call the game or does the pitching coach call the game uh, as far as, as far as pitches go. And I know in major leagues, obviously the catcher uh, mm-hmm. catcher runs the show. And so well, I was wondering if that's the yeah. same in college. Yeah. A lot of times, um, you know, it just depends on how much trust the, uh, the staff has in the catcher. Um, if you got a freshman coming in and, you know, he's able to do things able to do, he's able to pick up on things well, um, then you kind of let him have free reign, um, in my opinion. Um, but I don't, I'm not really sure how they do it. Um, but 
I mean, it sounds like and it looks like this kid's the real deal. Um, you know, re- looking at his stats and stuff, I mean, to have a freshman come in to, one, be a catcher, to be smart, to catch, you know, as many innings as he did um, and know the pl- know the pitchers the way he does just shows that the work that he's putting in. Um, and it just shows you how smart of a ball player he is as well. You have to know each and every one of those pitchers because um, you never know when you're going to be catching them. And you never know when they're going to come in, you know, so – um, I'm pretty sure that the coaching staff has a lot of confidence in him. Um, I'm, I'm sure they're helping him out with pitching and things like that. But to me, it sounds like he may be, you know, have the green light to, you know, since he has that chemistry with him to, you know, uh, call the game himself. Yeah, that's I mean, that's interesting to know that, you know, it's, it takes a lot of trust, especially with a, with a freshman and, and a freshman with potentially a, a language barrier. With uh, with Gonzalez being a, a native of Panama and not being far removed from his native country, so I, I think it's an interesting story. I think it's a interesting deal, and I think it's going to be a great deal if he continues to tear it up at the plate like he's been tearing it up. So that'll be fun. But looking at Gardner Webb when they come in, um, you know, we 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 talked a little bit about some of these smaller schools and schools you've never heard of having just these these superstar baseball players. Well, Gardner Webb is no different. They have a, uh, they have a starting pitcher, senior Mason Miller. He's six, five, 200 pound right-hander. I, uh, you know, he just, he tosses a decent fastball, you know, 96 mile an hour, probably going to be a yeah. first rounder out of Gardner Webb. So, uh, it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be tough sled when he's on the mound, but you know, hopefully we'll win the series and take advantage of the other pitchers. But, uh, he, he, uh, Against Wofford, he allowed five runs in five point one innings, but he did strike out nine batters. So, a little bit of uh, a little bit of ebb and flow there for for Miller. So, when you have a guy pounding the plate at ninety six mile, miles an hour, do you it do you just attack that fastball, or do you hope that his secondary pitch is not as good, or you know how do you approach a hitter or not a hitter, but how do you as a hitter how do you approach a pitcher mm-hmm. like that? Um, it just depends on arm angle, you know, as he's warming up, um, I'm looking at, you know, his arm slots, um, where he's releasing the ball, you know, where he's starting, how can I get a, a, a tendency on which pitch he's throwing just by the way he moves, things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with a guy that tall, um, he's probably coming downhill. So he probably doesn't have a lot of movement on the ball. So I'm looking, I'm sitting dead right fastball if he gives it to me. Um, if I get up there and I realize that that fastball is moving a little bit, you know, I kind of adjust my mindset um, to see if he has another pitch. Um, but if he doesn't, I'm sitting dead red fastball on a guy like that. Um, and usually you can tell um, by the mannerisms um, when a guy's about to throw a different pitch. So it'd be interesting to see if uh, many of the guys pick up on um, anything that he's doing. Um, then it also shows if they, well, how much uh, detail to the game that they show as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Wofford was able to pick up on a few things, uh, blast him for five runs. So maybe it was just kind of a uh, kind of a rough outing for him. But he'll, you know, he'll probably likely bounce back. But you know, hopefully, hopefully Georgia will find and uh, find find a niche and find a way to find a way to put the ball in play and, and manufacture a couple runs. It's probably going to be a low scoring affair. Uh, it'll be a great matchup. Uh, Webb versus versus Mason Miller, I think, is the projected mm-hmm. matchup for for the first game on Saturday. So that'll be uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, before we wrap up, there's some uh, we we can't go show without talking football. So 
let's talk some football. Uh, some some of the things that are happening uh, with uh, with football. Spring football is around the corner. Uh, spring practices around the corner. They're they're having all these workouts. Some some names that you're hearing that are standing out. Uh, one of the one of the uh, adjectives that was used to describe Nyland Green, and and I feel pretty good about this because I feel like you and I were pretty spot on. And then when we talked to Dane, that was the first name he brought up too. Is that he? They said that he has the it factor, and. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about these young corners because not only is Nyland Green coming in and showing that he has an it factor, uh, but Jalen Kimber and Keely Ringo are two guys that are vying for spots too. And and I think you're going to see a lot a big youth movement there at that position. I think I think uh, Kim I think Kimball can uh, can get in there and and, and get some. Uh, I think he can get some really good playing time, and and I think there's going to be an intense battle for both of the cornerback spots. I think so as well. I mean, I was talking to um, a good friend of mine and, you know, through, through friends that we've had and, you know, he was asking me who's going to make the biggest impact. I said, well, Nylon Green is the real deal. And he said, man, I saw him in action. And he said, he is going to be a dang good corner for us. So, I mean, we said it and it's happening. So I feel like we were pretty spot on with this one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like you know football a little bit. I feel like I know football a little bit. Uh, so I feel like we put our heads together and, you know, we know a little bit about football. So uh, we know a good corner when we see one because I, I know that I would be uh, – he would probably make me break out in cold sweats if I was trying to game plan for him. So that's uh, that's no that's no fun. But I'm, I'm excited about him. I'm excited about, about Kimber. Uh, I think he's going to be great. He's he's shown they're comparing him to Eric Stokes, and then of course Keely Ringo clocked in as is the is the fastest bulldog. So that you, you can never go wrong there, right? No, of course not. Well, you got a kid with speed covering speed. Can never go wrong with that. Um, but I think you know with the fact that they're young um, and they're getting this experience now, they're getting the reps now, they're competing now. I mean. They're competing against guys that that we we've been talking about being explosive on offense for us. So, I mean, you're going to get some of the best of the best. So, if you're competing and they're they're talking about you in the light that they're talking about you, mm-hmm. I think you're doing pretty good. That's right. So, yeah, look out for the DBs. They lose a lot, but uh, I think they're collectively more talented now than they were. That's. It's pretty crazy to say outside of Richard LeCount, obviously Richard LeCount brings some of the intangibles that I don't think there's a lot of people around the country that can bring to a program. So that'll be, that'll be some tough shoes to fill, but I I was watching a clip. I saw a clip on Twitter. I forget who posted it, but they were talking about, they showed a clip. It was an end zone copy, like that sky cam shot Mm -hmm. of the peach bowl. And it was Chris Smith filling in for LeCount. And they had an outside zone run play. He, by the time the running back got to the line, as as the line as the running back was about two steps from the line of scrimmage, Chris Smith was still twelve yards deep. When the by the time the ball carrier approached the line of scrimmage, maybe got a couple of steps past the line of scrimmage, Chris Smith was hitting him, and mm-hmm. the linebacker who had filled the gap, forcing the back to bounce then scraped over the top to the next gap and made the play. 
and Chris Smith was there to kind of clean it up. So Chris Smith kind of mm-hmm. was there and they kind of, you know, he pulled up for like, he pulled up and readjusted so that he could help on the tackle and, and not lay the primary mm-hmm. hit. The linebacker made the primary hit, but, uh, but, but Smith was able to, to be there and support and, and help run that guy out of bounds. So elite closing speed. I'm excited oh, about yeah. him after watching that clip. Oh yeah. And you got guys that love to hit, mm-hmm. you know, Physical. most, most DBs and things like that don't like to hit, mm-hmm. you know, um, but when you got safeties flying down and they're hitting like linebackers, you got corners who are making tackles and actually wanting to come up and feel and spill. You know, I mean, for a defensive coach, I mean, that's what you want and that's what you love. So I know uh, Coach Smart and, and all the defensive guys are, are definitely chopping to be with these guys. I love the physicality that they're playing with. Absolutely, man. And I, I'm here for it. And this defense, I mean – at some point, this recruiting has got to got to pay off, and 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 I think it. My bold prediction is I think it will in a big way, big big way. So, uh, looking at the quarterback position, Brock Vandegrift comes in early enrollee. You know, mm-hmm. you know what we're getting with him, right? Gunnar Stockton committed for twenty twenty two, five star kid. There's a twenty twenty three guy, who is uh, from California. His name is Jaden Rashada. He's from Pittsburgh, California. If you were to ask, if you were to ask me to point to Pittsburgh, California on a map, even if I was looking <laughs> at Pittsburgh, California on a map, I probably still wouldn't know where it is. But uh, he is at, he is uh, he's he's one of the top quarterbacks in the country, and uh, he is uh, he's got a keen interest in Georgia. So uh, and Georgia's been really aggressive with him as well. So. There's, if Kirby can find a way to manage the position a little bit better, which I think he is, I think this could be one of those where it's just insane glutton of uh, of riches or an embarrassment of riches. I'm mixing metaphors here. I'm tired. I need to go to bed. But uh, so yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think you bring in all these super talented quarterbacks. Got to find a way to keep them on the roster and and have them contribute for you and. Uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. That's we might have one of the best quarterback rooms in the entire country, and we we might uh, actually supply quarterbacks for the rest of the conference. I don't know. Yeah, who knows. exactly. Hopefully not, but who knows? Uh, you never know what's gonna happen uh, with the current quarterbacks we got, with with the ones we've got coming down the pipeline. You know, who knows? The 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 days of and and I love I love Stetson to death I love Stetson Bennett to death I appreciate everything he did for this program and in the games that he started he took us about as far as he possibly could take us and then then a couple extra steps he he maximized every ounce of talent he has and he's he led us to to be the only team that's ever that that led Alabama at halftime the entire season. He he had some good moments against Florida before he got hurt, and of course he he embarrassed Tennessee and, and Auburn, which I'm here for myself too. So mm-hmm. I appreciate everything about Stetson Bennett. So, but the fact that we'll never have to rely on somebody like Stetson Bennett ever again, it seems like, is a good comforting feeling. It, it is, and you know we I love everything Fruity's done. Um, I love the way that he's handled everything. Um, but it just goes to show you how much Jeff Munkin has done. You know, it just shows you that 
kids are starting to believe that this offense is wide open now. We're, we're going to throw the ball. You know, we're, we're going to open it up, you know, and that just um, that just makes me happy. I'm speechless almost um, just because we got the horses. We're, we're building an offensive line. And, I mean, we got the quarterbacks to do it as well. So, I mean, I'm excited. I can't wait for football. I can't wait for spring uh, to see – See how they how they go and how they're moving, and I just can't wait to see them at, at the um, at the spring game as well. Just to see how far we've come along. Yeah, I, w- I want to see these early enrollees and seeing how they're kind of kind of progressing through everything. And I'm, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see some of these guys that didn't quite play as much as 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 they wanted, like an Adam Anderson, kind of seeing how he's going to progress now, being being the guy that. Uh, that steps in for that defense and uh, as the primary pass rusher, Jordan Davis, what he's got. I saw a tug of war clip where Jordan Davis was just an absolute beast. I literally just watched it as we were, as yeah. we were talking on the phone. I was watching. I was like, yeah, that y'all ain't going to oh, win that oh one. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I looked at it as like, oh, my God. Jordan Davis is a freaking block of granite. So I'm excited about this team. Uh, I'm excited about the direction of the program. I'm excited that we have a head coach that is not afraid to get in with the new trends of of this generation. You you have some head coaches that don't quite buy in and they, they have their ways and that's their ways. Kirby smart is going to, and I guess there's a reason that he's recruited so successfully and I'm I'm referencing the clip where he's doing the latest TikTok trend where mm-hmm. he calls you and then acts like he's too busy to talk to you. <laughs> I've seen that one. And don't think for a second the people he chose to to participate in that uh in that Twitter in that TikTok bit with him was not meticulously planned. Like he <laughs> called Nick Chubb, one of the one of the top running backs in the NFL, David Pollock who's going to be the next big star on TV for ESPN. You had Richard LeCount, going to be a second rounder. Jordan Davis, Mm -hmm. superstar. James Cook, going to be a star. And going to be a star at the next level. And has a brother that's a star already at the next level. Mm -hmm. He called those five people. Like, why did he call Prather Hudson? Why did he go? You know, why was it not random? Why did he not call like Tate Ratledge or, you know, somebody like that? No. Yeah. He wants name power. He wants star power. And it was hilarious. He was like cracking up laughing the entire time. Uh, and it was good to see that, you know, he understands all of that stuff. So it makes you, makes you feel good about what you're getting into with recruiting because he's going to be up on the latest trends. He's going to be relevant. And I think he's got guys oh, yeah. around him that are going to help keep him relevant. That's what that's what makes Nick Saban so successful. Look at his mm-hmm. staff. How many people are close to Nick Saban's age? I don't think there's anybody within at least ten to twelve years of, of Nick Saban age wise. Maybe Bill yeah, O'Brien no, I now. I was about to say the closest one is probably Bill O'Brien now. But that's not always the case, you know, like. Sarkeesian's probably a good 15 years younger at least, or you know, mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin was just a kid at that point. Um when, when he got hired and, and stuff. So 
like there's something to that. And I never really thought about that. And somebody pointed that out and I was, it just made my, my mind explode. It's like, wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you got a player's coach, I mean, he's, he's, he's on the latest trends and he's, he's doing things um, that most, most coaches don't do, you know, um, cause you gotta look, even Nick Saban is getting hip to the trends a little bit, not as much, but you know, he understands how it all works now. Um, so, you know, we got a player, a coach like that, you know, um, that, that makes players want to come, you know, that shows that, all right, coach does have a sense of humor as well. Um, he's not just going to pick up a bag of footballs and throw them at us. Um, so, I mean, that, that goes a long way in, in recruiting, um, making kids feel comfortable and basically just showing the kids that you care about them. You know, you, you care about the things that they're going through and, and the things that, you know, they see every day. And, you know, it makes them feel comfortable knowing that you understand. And secondly, that you know how to work it and that you can have fun with it as well. Yeah, no doubt. And and I'm, I'm here for it. And I think we've got something, something brewing and it's going to happen soon. It, it's got to, we're, we're due. I mean, we were, a, a we were a busted coverage away from, from winning it in 2017 had had the cover two safety not decided to play a tight end crossing route, we would probably be not talking about a national title drought. Mm-hmm. So it's there. We just got to finish. And so, that's uh, it. so with that, Israel, that's going to do it for us. We're going to finish. And, uh, the, and, and I'm glad we ended on a recruiting note because if you want to be a part of this, if you want to be a part of this show, come find us anywhere you find your podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. You can find us on, on social media. I'm going to remind you that you can find our show at believe in dogs on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find Israel at troop star 28 on, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at coach Burton 36 on Twitter at Burton.Corey on Instagram. Uh, this is uh, this is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. Israel, do you have any last words before we go? I do not. Um, as the helicopter from the Marine base goes over um, our house, but um, no, um, you know, speed recovery to Tiger Woods. You know, we've all grown up and and watched Tiger Woods, and you know, he's one of the reasons that I, I got into golf. He's a lot of reason a lot of people got into golf, you know, um, helping for a, a speedy recovery. And, um, you know, just glad that he's still here with us. Um, and most importantly, um, although with the vaccines and everything around, COVID is not done yet. So uh, make sure you're taking care of yourself, um, not putting yourself in situations to where um, – you know, COVID is an issue, uh, wear your mask where needed and just be safe and um, just be safe, guys. There's a lot going on right now. Just be safe wherever you go. All right. Well said. I, I totally agree. Be safe. Take care of yourself. Drive carefully, uh, as as Tiger Woods shown us, that you have to uh, you have to be a little bit more cautious behind the wheel. Don't be in such a hurry. Um, you know, I'm glad he's making a, I'm glad he's going to make a full recovery. I'm glad it's just injuries and not what it could have. And probably on that stretch of road should have been, which we should, we should be talking about how great of a golfer Tiger Woods was and his legacy and, and, and making this Kobe Bryant 2.0. So glad that didn't happen. 
I'm, I'm glad he's okay, relatively speaking. And, uh, you know, we hope he makes a, a full speedy recovery. So, uh, stay safe out there, everybody subscribe to our show. Give us some feedback. If you want to, uh, if you want to sponsor the show or know of anybody that wants to sponsor the show, send them our way. Uh, we are the believe in Georgia dogs podcast on the believe podcast network for Israel troop. I'm Corey Burton. So long. See you later. And we'll catch you the next. We'll catch you back here next week. Go dogs. Go dogs. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast. People are the worst brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.